the term out with the old, in with the new, and we are ringing in the new year. There's no better time than to focus on finding the new you and doing a total life makeover, and especially if you're single. You know, holidays and the new year, it usually signifies and is a perfect time to look inward, to assess how you're feeling about life, where you're headed, but more importantly, what you would like to change. And it's funny because holidays often does this, right? Like it's almost a landmark to help us or give us permission to do some changes. Um, That often happens too when we come upon transitions or adversity, and that usually catapults us into a different state. And on a personal note, I totally know that was the case with my life. And I just want to share with you a little bit about something that happened to me after divorce. And I know that I've talked about this on other podcasts. And usually when I talk about my life and how things have changed, you know that I really have focused on my red dress moment and getting a new wardrobe and shedding weight and shedding my closet. And that really did help me um, create that change. But I haven't really talked about the other divorce cleanup, (laughs) if you will. Um, There were many parts of my life that I had to clean up and really shift and change. But what I learned through this process was that it was a domino effect. You know, the red dress or the wardrobe was just one thing that led to another. But I did have to look inward and assess what it is that I wanted for my life. And I had to do a complete overhaul. Like when I think about how my life was, gosh, it was 15 years ago. It looked very different. And I never dreamed that my life would look how it is today, but I had to create it. It was one thing to want it, but it was another thing to take action to create that change. And I think about the different parts of my life. Like, I mean, the first and foremost Gosh, my new career, you know, you know, um, for those of you who are new to listening to me, I was a therapist. That was my old life. And when the whole divorce thing happened, I, well, first of all, I when I moved to California, I had to look at getting, you know, a different certification so that I could practice here in California. But more importantly, I wasn't feeling it. I got to be honest. If anybody had come to me at that point in my life needing help, I would have said, you think you have issues? <laughs> let, me, let me go on the couch and tell you my problems. I was in no way, shape, or form even available to help anybody I, you know, because I could hardly help myself. But I did have to assess, well, what is it that I want to do? I knew that I loved helping people, um, but I needed to do it in a different way, which is kind of, you know, how I got into what I'm doing using my own story, but then I really had to go after it. 
you know, hiring an image consultant, doing a certified program over in the UK called Style Coaching, um, networking like crazy, putting up a website. Like, you know, the ideas were one thing in my head, but once I put it into action, things started changing. The second category in my life were new friends. I mean, and I say this as nice as you married folks are, and I love you guys. I, my married friends just didn't get it. They were lovely. They were very supportive, but they had no idea what single life was all about, um, especially in the second part of your life like this and being a single mom. Um, so I had to get new friends. I knew in my head I had to do it, but I didn't know how to get there. So what did I do? I started networking like crazy, joining groups, talking about how I'm single and that I'm looking for other single gals to hang out with. And that's when I, you know, formed my Sex in the City group that I've talked about on another podcast, which really changed my life and helped me kind of come into my singlehood. Third thing that happened to me, I moved. You know, that was the other thing. I looked around me and I realized here I am in suburbia as a single mom. There was no way I was going to really meet a lot of other single people living where I was. Now, that was a probably one of the biggest changes that I had to make. And, you know, that was more or less an evolution after doing a lot of research and a lot of visits, um, you know, to the more urban area where I live now. But the minute I did that, again, new energy, new people, new opportunities. And, you know, the other thing, obviously, as, as I was getting new clothes, my I was getting into a healthier lifestyle and I started exercising and feeling better in my body. And again, it was a holistic change that that happened, but it took one thing that led to another. And that's what I really want to help you with today because you can create a new you in the new year with a total life makeover plan, just like I did, where you just shed what's not serving you out with the old and in with the new. And why this is important, this is a great time to clean house, more or less, right? Because when you clean your house, you create room for the new. I have this package, actually, I call it the purge and splurge, where we purge everything in the closet and we get rid of things that we don't wear or that don't look good on us. And that makes room, metaphorically and physically, for new clothes. But we can do this in every aspect of our life. Now, I know probably some of you are like, well, yeah, that sounds really great. <laughs> but I, it, it's just, it's overwhelming. I mean, I don't even know how to start, where to start. And that's okay. I mean, I didn't know either. You know, there is always room for growth. And here's the thing. You have a choice. You could stay stuck in this state that you're in. And if you're happy and you're okay with it, great. But I find that there's always room for growth and that creates energy and movement. And I feel that even sometimes people who are in that just, you know, kind of state of complacency, if you will, they'll say that they're happy, but really, it's a way of, of, of not 
changing because that takes too much energy. But if you stay in this state of complacency, you won't have movement in your life, period. You'll stay stagnant. It's kind of like, I don't know, take a penny, for instance. I know this might be a strange metaphor, but I was thinking about this the other day. Like, if you know, when you have a penny that's old, it 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 can get dull, right? And there's that oxidation process that occurs and it gets kind of ugly and coated. And people, you know, still use that penny and it's fine. It still works. But if you just took the time to clean it, and all you had to do was immerse it in the solution with water and vinegar and salt, and it turned bright again in less than a minute. Then you have a shiny new penny. And, and you know, just looking at that new penny, there's, there's sparkle there. There's newness there. And I feel like that, that's us. That's how we can become. And in our head, it may be way bigger or, or more overwhelming than it really is in reality. Like it only takes a minute to clean that penny, but it may seem like so much work. I find in life that that happens too. So we're going to break down just, you know, a couple ways in different areas of your life that you can start with small changes that add up to the bigger wins. Because if you create this new you in the new year, and give yourself a total life makeover, you will be energized and actually create exciting things, new opportunities. This is a time to do a life assessment. Here's, here's what I encourage you to do. You know, As I'm talking, and, and I'm talking about these different areas that you can change or purge, put a percentage to how happy you are in these areas. You know, on a scale of zero all the way up to 100%, 100% being like, I am so good. Zero being like, it sucks. <laughs> I want you to do that for yourself because then you'll know where you want to go. Because remember what I said in the beginning, you have to check in with how you're feeling about these areas of your life, where you want to go, and then make a plan to change that. All right. So the first thing, and obviously I'm always going to start here, you know me by now, is purge the closet. <laughs> Get rid of things that don't fit. Look, I'm guilty of this too. I know there's a ton of things in my closet. In fact, my closet is probably more neglected than any of you because I'm so busy helping other people with their closet. I think mine's been neglected. But there, what I find fascinating when I help you know organize and clear out closets is that people hang on to things for different reasons. You know, sometimes there's memories attached to it, and we just don't want to get rid of it. Sometimes we got things on sale, and that we just couldn't pass it up, but then it just sits there and hangs because it really doesn't look good on you. Um, or you just got lazy, and it's just been sitting there for ten years collecting dust. So here's a little tip. If it's been in your closet for more than two years, get rid of it. Because most likely, and this is what research says, you won't wear it. If it's been two years, you haven't put it on your body, you're not going to wear it. Um, the other tip I would say is those clothes that have memories attached to it or they have like significant value psychologically or just you know something that's near and dear to you, Get a box, I call it a memory box, 
and put everything in the box and then store it away so that it's out of your closet or up on the shelf so that you have room for things that you really will wear. This way, you know it's still there. You haven't totally trashed it, but that it's not you know, cluttering your closet. And I find that when you do that, and then after you purge some things, you organize it in a fashion that makes sense to you. You know, sometimes people organize it by color. Sometimes people organize clothes by different areas of their life. So their work clothes, their dating clothes, their mommy clothes, their father clothes, whatever it is. Um, This was a total game changer for me. You know, when I talked about getting the new clothes after I was sick of looking in the mirror with all my maternity clothes, I came back home after shopping that day and I just did the biggest purge I've done probably in my whole life. And it was so freeing. I got rid of all the nursing bras. I think I hung on, to be fair, to one of my big moo-moo ones just so that I would have it as a memory. And I did store that away with, you know, some other things that I had, like my prom dress and wedding dress and different things, you know. And, And again, those are like landmarks that have memories attached to it. And that's fine. But I knew by shedding those things, it was very, it was very freeing for me and, you know, exciting to then put my new red dress in there. And then along the way, obviously I collected more. So that's the first thing, purge the closet so that you can splurge on those new clothes and get new energy. Second thing, Get rid of friends that don't serve you. Now, I know this kind of sounds harsh, but here's the thing. Sometimes friends have an expiration date. And what I mean by that is that things that worked for you in the past with certain friendships may not be working for you now. Because let's face it, we change, we evolve, we grow as people. And hopefully, as you grow, you also see what it is that you need. Um, One of the things that I've seen a lot with people who have kind of worked with me and grown with themselves, people who've had friendships that were lopsided. So if they were like an over-caregiver, and they were constantly giving to that friend, and it was exhausting, and they were building resentment. They were getting mad at the friends. And when I help people look at, well, you know, you all are a part of that dynamic because you're allowing that to happen. So when you express your needs and wants and you share things about yourself and they're not there for you, you got to assess that relationship. So here's something that I do with my clients that you all can do right now. I do a cost-benefit analysis on friendships. You know that you've heard, you know, in the financial world, you do a cost-benefit analysis. You can do the same thing in relationships and friendships. Look at the benefits of these particular connections and then also write out the costs. Because sometimes the things that you think you're benefiting from are outweighed by the heavy costs. And by the way, it's not the amount of costs and benefits that are on your lists, right? Like it's not about the quantity. It's more about the quality because you could have 10 things that you really like about that friend, but 
Then you have the costs that maybe are only two things, but they're very heavy. They're very toxic. And that's what you got to look at. And here's the other thing. You don't necessarily have to get rid of friends, right? Like you do a cost-benefit analysis and you say, oh gosh, this friend isn't really a friend, but you enjoy spending time with her. So you can also renegotiate friendships. And maybe that's when you start setting boundaries with those people and you only see them maybe at you know, at brunch on a Sunday, but they're not the kind of people that you would disclose deep, dark secrets to, or get support from, or even go out and be a wing girl with. So really do a hard assessment on that. There was one particular client that, um, I really, that actually she called me because of this very issue. She was having really difficult times with this group of friends that she was having. And it was costing her love. It was costing her her career. She was so distraught over it. And so we did this exercise. We did the cost-benefit analysis. And what we discovered after working together is that she realized she had set up this dynamic with all her friends, that she allowed her friends to take advantage of her. She allowed herself to be the caregiver and the organizer and the one that did it all. And the minute I told her that it needs to be more balanced and for her to actually offer other people to do things, to allow herself to receive, allow herself to share things and her needs was when she really did a big shedding of her social circle. And the ones that were healthy and the ones that were really there for her actually loved it because they wanted to be there for her, but she wasn't allowing it. The ones that didn't like it, (laughs) you better believe she got rid of them because they're the ones that got mad, got defensive, started, you know, talking badly behind her back. And it's actually a really good test to see who is worthy of your friendship and who is not. Okay. So that is number two, getting rid of friends that don't serve you. Number three, assess your career and make those changes. So are you happy with your career? You know, are you feeling fulfilled? And if the answer is not really, or on a scale of one to 10, maybe you're a five, what is it that you can do to feel more fulfilled? Like for instance, in my case, I you know, I loved being a therapist. It it was fantastic, but it was a time in my life where different things were happening around me, right? I had a totally different life being married and living kind of that life in Chicago. When I moved here, that wasn't my life anymore. I had to create something different, but I still loved serving people. I knew that that was still my heart, but I needed to do something in a more positive, action-oriented way because I know that's what worked for me. So what did I do? I created something that was different than what I was doing. You know, your identity, especially like with men, men in particular, I've helped a lot of men with this. You know, a lot of your identity is closely tied to your work, your sense of self, your purpose. But I think, you know, for women as well, it's a different world now. We all feel like we need to have a sense of purpose. It doesn't necessarily mean how much money we make, but how fulfilled we are in whatever it is that we do. Um, And the thing that I find is that when people are stuck and they want to get out of their job, 
but they don't know how to get there. I do a lot of work around, you know, having that abundance mentality, you know, going after that. And again, not just monetarily, but feeling fulfilled rather than coming from a place of scarcity. Because usually when people are stuck, they're scared that there isn't something else. We see this in dating, right? Well, I'll just stick with this guy because I don't know if there's somebody else. So then people become complacent, but they're not necessarily happy. Um, There was one particular client I really helped helped her with this. She had a job and obviously she had to stick with her job because she had to eat and there was, you know, reality to that. And I would never recommend somebody just like quitting their job tomorrow, like, you know, in the Hollywood movies. Obviously there's got to be some thought around this, but um, she really wasn't fulfilled. She had a real like creative side to her and she secretly wanted to start a blog and do like a whole site around blogging and lifestyle blogging. And so the thing is, she wasn't motivated because she was scared. And so she just wouldn't do it. I finally had to kick her in the butt. And on our coaching calls, I gave that to her for homework, that every single time we had a call, I gave her homework around starting that blog. And that if she didn't do it, I wasn't going to have that call with her. I had to play hardball with her. And look, there's there's things that motivate us. And then there's things that don't motivate us. And I knew that in her case, she needed kind of that tough love and accountability to really make things happen. And you know what? She did it. She absolutely did it. And by the end of our whole coaching cycle together, she launched her blog because I said, I don't want to end our coaching cycle until you launch that thing. And it was so freeing for her. And she felt so good and fulfilled. And really, like every day she got up and she was so excited about it. So again, like look at the things that can motivate you. Have a friend, you know, who maybe you could you know, do this with, um, start networking and ask around for different people who are in a career that maybe you're interested in to just at least get you started thinking about things. And finally, the fourth category is changing your environment. Now, I did a drastic move in my environment. I moved (laughs) to a totally different town, a different kind of lifestyle altogether. You don't have to necessarily do that. You could do that by changing your furniture around. You could do that by painting your walls or getting a new apartment, even you know, moving down the street to a different kind of an apartment. Um, there's, I just, you know, and people who are really into feng shui and they they swear by this that when you change things around in your environment, it's little bit similar to just cleaning, you know, or organizing your closet or your desk. It it gives you clarity. It it infuses a new energy. I had um a guy that I was working with and he came to me for a whole intensive and and a dating makeover. Basically we went shopping and but in in the whole process, we discovered that something that really was holding him back is that he lived in a very remote area. And there was a reality to the fact that there were less choices of women to date than if he had moved just maybe a half hour more towards the city. And when he got back home, do you know, because of all this like makeover stuff that we did inside and out, he got motivated to 
get a new place in the city. And he wrote me about a month later. He's like, Kim, thank you so much. You totally inspired me to move. And you should see my inbox now filled with choices of women to date. <laughs> so um, again, it, you, you got to start small, but but all of this stuff can really create new energy and new possibilities in your life. And then, oh, I have one more that I have to say, only because we're in this stage of social media and this is such a big part of our life. I highly recommend at this time, at some point, doing a social media fast. I know I hear gasps and and eyes rolling (laughs) as I say this. I can't tell you how many clients I have given this assignment to, and it has been amazing and life-changing. Social media is great. Don't get me wrong. I do it. I have to do it for my business. It's a great way of keeping in touch with family and friends, but when it's used right and with balance. But when you get into the point of obsession, it can distract you from being productive and actually interacting with the real world. I mean, here's the thing. I have found a lot of times that people are looking at, you know, like the their time allocation in the day and what they're actually doing towards the in the day. There's about an hour where people are on their social media where that that hour could be better served exercising or actually going to a party and meeting people in real life. Um, instead, pull in and focus on you. So turn off everything and if I'll allow if you want to keep Pinterest, okay? If you want one thing to keep, but here's how I want you to use Pinterest. And I've given this assignment to many people. Take the, the a board and make it like almost like a vision board for yourself and start pinning pictures of inspiration for your life. So all these areas that we're talking about, you can create different boards for and start putting pictures up that, inspire you, Um, especially when it comes to your wardrobe and how you want to create a new image for the New Year's. You can put up all these different pictures of outfits that inspire you. Start pinning up pictures of you, of things that you like about you. So rather than looking at everybody else and comparing yourself to everybody else and how their life is so amazing, which normally isn't the case because nobody posts things that are like going bad in their life on social media. Um, actually make, you know, a whole board that's all about you. I know this may sound kind of weird, but really when you pull inward, I find that it's a great way to decrease anxiety and depression because so many people are comparing themselves to other people's lives that there's a really a high increase in depression and anxiety because people are comparing themselves and they think that everybody else's life is different. So instead, look at your life and and embrace what you have. Enjoy what you have. And and if you're not happy, how can you make it different? So you get the picture, right? (laughs) Just to go over the five points, purge and splurge your wardrobe, get rid of friends that aren't holding you back, assess your career, change your environment, 
and do a social media fast because you can create a new you by focusing on purging some of these things in these different areas of your life and you will create a new you. All right, here's a part of the show that I love, of course, all the letters that come in. And if you have any pressing issue, I encourage you to go to my website and write in anything that you want me to read and hopefully help you with. All right. This is a short and sweet one. And I think hopefully a great way to end the podcast today. Hey, Kim, there are so many New Year resolutions I want for myself. I look at them and I don't know where to start or how to go about them. Admittedly, I just freeze and I go back to my old ways because, well, it's just easier. How do I motivate myself to accomplish these goals? I really want to change, but I don't know how helpless in Seattle. I love that helpless in Seattle. Oh, well, if you know, if you're like helpless, um, that's a very common scenario, right? We may have really good intentions of what we want in the new year, but how many of us actually do them? I know that a lot of you want to change and it can be overwhelming, but remember what I said, if you start small, it will help you get to the bigger win. So First tip, break it down. Break it down. Clear the storm that's going out in your head, you know, because when you think about things and you get overwhelmed, it's just, it becomes one cloudy, you know, mush in the head. Just, you know, part the clouds, compartmentalize, break it down to like the areas like how I did on this episode today. And think about what you can do in each area pick one small goal that adds to the bigger change. And finally, look at external versus intrinsic motivators. And what I mean by that, this is a psychological term, and those of you who aren't familiar with the terms, there are things that externally motivate us, meaning we need a reward or a consequence. And then there's things that intrinsically motivate us, that we don't need any kind of motivators. We just enjoy the way it makes us feel. So for instance, for me, something that really motivates me intrinsically is exercise, believe it or not. I love it. I don't need external motivators. I get up and I like I can't wait to exercise because I love the way it makes me feel. Let's talk about taxes. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. And if I didn't have my accountant breathing down my back or that April 15th mark sitting there on my calendar, I probably would procrastinate and not do it. So I need somebody to hold me accountable to do those things. So if you're finding yourself stuck and you're not doing it, look at ways that you can get motivated. Because you deserve this. You have the right to make changes in your life. And I promise that in the new year, you can have all of these things happen. And I'm going to make a promise to all of you. I'm, I'm going to clear out my closet because I've been neglecting it. And I've been guilty of like taking care of other people's closet, not myself. So that is my new year resolution to you all. And maybe I'll even like send out a picture to all of you um, on my Facebook to see the uh, clothes on the ground (laughs) and motivate all of you. So anyway, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I am your host, Kim Seltzer. 
You can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And for those of you who really want to put this stuff into practice, you need to check out my new dating makeover retreat woohoo! at a luxe resort in Southern California this April. It'll really help motivate and kick your love life into the gear for 2018. Click the link that you'll find here and find out more. Sign up, talk to me about it, and Happy New Year. 